0: Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact the Grand Group by emailing the Grand Group at edinarealty.com. Or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with the Diner Realty, three-time Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Min for the Win. My name is David Kupas. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins managed to steal one away from the Rays heading down at the Trop. And it was a pretty exciting game here for Game 3. But the first two, Dan, the first two games were not very exciting.
1: Did they play three games? I th- I thought maybe they just played one, David.
0: You know, it would have been better had they just played the one, I think, certainly. We, we do have to say, though, that game two, I mean, as comical as it was, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Game one, I am sort of underselling a bit because game one had its moments. But with that, Dan, let's just go ahead and jump right into the series recap. Series Recap. Game one, Dan. Twins can't get it together. Rays win 5-3. to But there were moments in this game, Dan, where it seemed as though the Twins had a chance to get back in it.
1: Well, the first inning, right? When they scored first. (laughs) I think that was the first moment. And yeah, I mean, they had, like you said, they had opportunities. Dobnek was there for a long time in this game. For his... I mean, he, when I went back to look at the box score, he pitched seven innings in this game.
0: Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, Dan, where, well, the pitching wasn't great. They certainly got length. They did. and, And, you know, you need that.
1: every every now and then, right? You need guys to just eat up innings when J-Hap is not there to do it anymore. So (laughs) so nice that Dobnak took his spot in the rotation, giving up plenty of runs, too. It was a very J-Hap-like start.
0: You know, there were a couple of those this series, too, actually. (laughs) I wasn't missing J-Hap. I felt like he was still in the lineup.
1: No, but I mean, mean, there were some bright spots. Polanco played well here. He had a home run. Jeffers had a home run, showing that he's not totally worthless uh, at this game. So I guess there's that.
0: And to be fair, when he hit that home run, I thought, you know what? Maybe this is where he's turned in a corner and he realizes that this is a good opportunity for him with Garver on the IL. This is his chance to sort of seize the reins. But yeah, the rest of the series didn't go so hot for Jeffers.
1: I think the phrase is take the reins, David. I think you seize the day or something
0: no, like no, that. No, no, no. You can seize the reins. You certainly. can seize the reins too. Seize right, just sure means enough. to take, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I well, guess so, yes. Yeah, I am on. an English teacher here I, on this show.
0: You know, I think if people start listening back to some episodes, they're going to start to question that, Dan. They're going to think we just made that up here to make it seem as though you, you have some sort of profession outside of outside of this.
1: I'm just a professional podcaster, David. That's all I do <laughs> with my time. One other thing I want to mention, Michael Walker, who I, I feel like we've been watching him pitch for a long time in this weird way. He was the Cardinals. He pitched... Pretty well, and I I'm disappointed when guys like Waka pitch well because he's hasn't been great this year. This is his first six innings start in nine starts, and the Twins have the kind of lineup that shouldn't let that happen to them, right? They should be the team that Waka only lasts four innings against. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, I, I think so. If we're assuming that this offense has the capability to still do that as they did in 19 and 20.
1: You don't think so? I mean, look at the top five, six of this lineup. I It's a pretty good lineup the Twins had out there in game well, one.
0: I, I think so. And we were texting about this a little bit, how it's a little bit comforting to see that, like, the guys who are batting one through six in this lineup are likely going to be in the lineup next year as well. But really, when Buxton's still sort of getting his feet under him, really, Polanco and Donaldson are the guys who are carrying those six guys right now.
1: I guess so. But you got to think, hmm
0: if they all have all of their cylinders pumping i'm in 100 percent agreement with you here that one through six is a very formidable lineup but right in this moment i don't know that they're where they once were
1: well and the trop is such a hostile place to play baseball david <laughs> you know with all those empty seats yes
0: it's very intimidating dan when all you can see is the sea of blue you know one interesting play so sano at first we haven't commented on it too often sano playing first base which is a good thing for sano right because totally. that means that he's playing somewhat adequately at that position so in interesting play happened where there's a runner on third first and second base are empty and there's one out in the inning there's a slow roller hit up the first base line and Sano fields it cleanly and he definitely had he just turned he could have tagged the runner out and gotten the one out but the run definitely would have scored but he decides to go home and here's the issue it wasn't going to be really that close, especially with the way that Jeffers had positioned himself. Jeffers didn't put himself in a position to block the plate at all, which we talked about last episode about how it doesn't really seem as though the MLB is enforcing this whole not blocking the plate if you don't have the ball thing. Just the choice by Sano to go home, it was not a good choice. He should have taken the out there. I get you're trying to stop the run, but that was definitely a mental mistake. I think
1: anytime there's a play like that in a game as close as this one ended up being, that it's important because like you said, it can change the whole course of the game.
0: Yeah. And like you said, Dobnik's return was great. But let's uh, see. I think we're stalling at this point, Dan. We just really don't want to talk about game two. But let's uh, <laughs> let's just bite the bullet and jump in.
1: Well, David, game two didn't go great. Um, it was nine nothing really fast. Really I think fast. you texted me whether you needed to keep watching. I I, <laughs> I think I told you, no, you don't have to keep watching this game.
0: It was so ugly, Dan. And I mean, they have Archer on the mound. I mean, Archer hasn't been fantastic this year, but he's, he's adequate enough to if you put up 11 runs for him, he's likely going to come away with the victory but Albers, Dan, just struggled in this one. And honestly, it just felt like he was just throwing batting practice. It didn't even look like he was trying. It honestly, it looked like the turtle was on the mound, just trying to get out of the inning, have guys make contact and have the defense make outs behind him.
1: Yeah. Albers might've cost himself. I think that that third try with the twins <laughs> here may not, uh, may not last much longer. He had a balk. He threw 68 pitches, but 42 strikes. And, and that's really, maybe that's too high. You know, I- it's like you don't want to have, you don't want to have that many strikes out of 68. It means, You're putting a lot of them right over the middle of the plate, it seemed, because that's what he was doing.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I texted you. I said, you know, I don't mind a guy throwing strikes, but it's one of those things I don't like it when the strikes are middle, middle. It's like you could tell right. that he was here when Rick Anderson was here because he definitely had a pitch to contact mentality. Dan, I
1: mean, the Twins do get a couple home runs later. Uh, yeah, you know, Snow had one, but it was already nine to one at that point.
0: Yeah, nobody um, cared.
1: <laughs> no, he did crush it though, which was uh, I guess that was nice. Polanco had a nice game, but none of it really. You know, nothing matters once you're down nine to nothing.
0: No, and it wasn't like there was any any point in this game where it was close because the Rays scored two in the first, five in the second, two in the third, two in the fourth, and then they stopped trying. I think. I think they're like, you know what? Let's just let's just hurry up and get out of here. We have the victory.
1: Well, and and one thing about this game that I thought was a little bit ironic, I, I could save it for Rocker's rewind, but I think I'm just going to say it now. Um, Colome came in and pitched in this game when it was well out of reach. Yeah, and I thought, you know, d- do you really not think you're going to have a chance tomorrow? No, like, yes. I I get that he hadn't pitched in a while, but I'd rather see that in game three of a series. Well, I don't know. I guess I'd just
0: rather never see that.
1: Yes. That you never want your closer to come in in a moment when it doesn't matter. I was just surprised. I was surprised there.
0: And it could have been Calame asking right? Like maybe he said, hey, you know, I'd really like to get in and get some work in. But yes, it definitely seemed like an odd choice, specifically just as what you said in game three. If if he's needed, you'd prefer that he's fresh.
1: And it turns out he was needed and he very nearly blew that game.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yes. So you mentioned the block here by Albers. This is a weird one. If you go back and watch the replay, there's quite a bit of angst on the part of Albers. And I watched that replay like three or four times, Dan, and I I don't consider myself a block expert by any means. But to me, it definitely didn't look like a balk.
1: Isn't that the hardest thing to understand? A balk is so tricky to me. Yes. Even when I try to do the footwork myself, have you ever done this? Like you pretend you're on the mound. Yes, I cannot wrap my brain really around a balk.
0: Everybody was upset about this. Rocco came out. Albers is absolutely livid. And to be honest, Dan, I'm kind of wondering if he was yelling at the ump on purpose just because he wanted to get ejected because he was pitching so poorly. (laughs) Like that
1: was his out. Yes. If I just get ejected, people won't think I got pulled from this game.
0: Exactly. It's like, he's he's like, (laughs) I've given up nine earned runs. Can I just be done, Rocco, already.
1: It's like when you're about to get broken up with and then you, you end it first. <laughs> yes. Like, I feel like that's what Albers was trying to do. Yeah, I dumped her. Yeah. Uh, not... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, can we go to game
0: three now? Yeah, I think that was truly the only interesting point in game two. Uh
1: Game three was exciting, Dave. Yes. This was a fun game to watch. It, it had kind of everything. You know, the twins have a lead, then they give it up and then they take it back. They nearly give it back again. Very much a twin style win for this season. Uh,
0: yes, we're <laughs> hanging on by, by the skin of their team. Dan, is that what you mean? Yes, yes. Um, I'm,
1: I mean, I was happy with, again, the lineup looked good, but it was cool to see some of the pieces that played well in this game. Gordon played well. Jake Cave, just when you think Jake Cave is done. He's still he, come, he,
0: he Well... <laughs> But he had a great two-out hit, David. He was two for three. Okay, well, it, it, there's something to note here. So first of all, by the way, Twins did win this one, six to five. <laughs> Thank uh, you. We didn't yes, say. Yes. yes, Cave had that big game. But then why on earth is Ref Snyder pinch-hitting for him then, Dan? If it's really Jake Cave's time that you're you're so, you're so saying he's finally, you know, he's he's kicking it back into gear because he was about to be sent down. And here he is, Dan, getting pinch-hit for. What's the deal do with you, that?
1: You, I think he asked for it. I think yeah. he wanted, <laughs> wanted Ref. That's our, our fallback here.
0: Anytime that there's a decision that we don't understand, <laughs> we just just assume it was the player asking right. like you know what Rocco I know I've done all I can that's my ceiling please don't make me go back out there like do
1: you really think Rocco I'm gonna get another hit yeah I mean, what are the on, odds, I've already really? got two yeah
0: I mean that's just not gonna happen I'm batting 194 Rocco <laughs> do you really trust me to get another one
1: well and you know so I guess happily Jake Cave went two for three and was content yeah. with it even Ben Rortvit got a hit I mean uh, he got his, his first... average to 149 David. his that's first something.
0: hit on the road this season seriously <laughs> seriously which is just, pretty interesting. I mean, I guess he hits well at target field comparatively. I mean, not in general. He hits terribly in general, but compared to on the road, he hits really well at target field.
1: So you're saying that before this game, you and I had as many hits on the road as Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Correct. This yes. season,
0: that's nuts. But he can definitely bench more than we can, Dan.
1: Well, that's that's true. No, <laughs> and he so, had a good
0: he had a good throwout also. So he that did. Nice.
1: That was a key play. Anyway, I wanted to talk about Griffin Jacks because I thought he had an interesting game too. He he almost squeaked out. Yeah. That that fifth inning there, and he gives up four runs, six hits, a walk, three strikeouts. Not his sharpest outing. Are, would you have pulled him in the moment that they pulled him?
0: Yeah, I think it was it was the right call even if it didn't really prove to be he could have just as easily given up a home run but it was a little bit of a bummer to see Thielbar come in and then give up a home run it
1: was it, I hate those moments for the starter because you figure you know well he could have done that yeah, um, and at like, least...
0: he, like literally there isn't a worse outcome like, like he, he uh, could have definitely done
1: that but the rest of the bullpen rallies Alcala comes in Duffy comes in and even Colome does just enough there uh in the ninth inning to get himself his 11th save of the season
0: 11th save that's a that's a decent number Dan for a team that's this bad I'm
1: telling you if Rogers comes back, and he no. can get one more save, they're going to have three different closers with ten or more saves. I, w- I think that's a fun, random statistic. I don't know if a team's ever
0: done that before. I don't. You have to think.
1: I think the closer by committee is, is pretty non-traditional. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily call this a closer by committee kind of situation. This was like, you're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> How about you go out there for a few months and, and then try as, to be our closer?
0: As soon as one guy hits it, they're like, okay, you're our guy now. You're right, our guy right
1: now. exactly. So that would be the only thing. But, but uh, no, I, I think you know, one takeaway for me was that this Twins team, yes, they're 59 and 77, but at least they're not totally rolling over and going to let themselves get swept um, in a in a series where Tampa Bay has every need of this game much more than the Twins do.
0: Oh, 100%. Well,
1: should we, uh, let's move forward here to Puckett's Picks? Yeah.
0: Catch them all, Kirby Puckett! Puckett's Picks winner. Dan Thompson, you know... I, <laughs> it's, have you done it
1: have you clinched it now <laughs> um
0: i don't know i was trying to figure out the math i don't think quite yet um if one of you guys goes on the tear you can still catch me but here's the thing dan took buxton the listeners took donaldson i took a rise and combined dan between the three Puckets picks nobody was negative so that's saying something combined scored four points dan
1: yikes and, and you know you tease me for not going with polanco And going with Buxton instead, or at least that's how it was in my memory. Yes. And I wish I would have gone with Polanco. That would have been the much better pick. He had a great series.
0: Yes, I I was a bit bummed. And to be honest, I forgot if I had taken Arise or Polanco because they were both in my mind. And so I had to go back to the spreadsheet to check, like, wait, did I take Polanco? Because that's what I wanted. And then after game three, I was real happy that I took Arise.
1: That's why we write these things down. Yes. We don't have to remember them. So I'll give the season standings. Thank you. You're up now. I just I just scrolled over to it. You have 19 wins and the listeners and I each have 12 wins. You could actually double us up here, David. There's still a chance.
0: It is possible. So I was just looking. So there are eight series that remain. So right now, one of you would have to run the table in order to beat me. And if I win one more, or if you guys split at all, that the best you could do is
1: tie. Can I work with the listeners now? Can the, we team up against
0: you here to oh, keep it interesting? I actually had a buddy text me and ask and be like, you know what you should do? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Gonna, why on earth would i do that no absolutely not anyway right,
1: let's go let's go forward here beast
0: versus bench is
1: losing fun is losing fun
0: beast versus bench so for a series where the twins only win one of three i'd say that there are two guys who i think you have to choose between so who did you go with dan for your beast
1: I went with Jorge Polanco yep. for his efforts in game 1 and game 2. He had a home run in game 1 and game 2. Um I mean he just he was the only reason that the Twins even really had almost any runs at all in those games. Uh, he continues to be a mainstay in this lineup. You know his his average now is up to 2.78. An 840 OPS, um, which is right now second on the team behind Buxton. But, you know, Buxton obviously hasn't had nearly as many plate appearances. I've been yes. impressed. Again, Polanco, he doesn't—he has not slowing down.
0: No, and you kind of wonder how much of it is that he's finally 100% healthy. Clearly, for him to be playing this well, there's no way that he has like a nagging ankle issue, right? Like he just, he looks yeah. too good. and He's looked decent in the field, too. It should be noted in this series, Dan, the Twins recorded no fielding error.
1: That's a miracle uh, honestly. right there. That's a Fort Myers is.
0: miracle. I had to check it like three times to make sure it was accurate because I went back and I was just curious where the Twins stand as far as errors in the league are concerned. They're still number one with 95 errors on the, se- on the season.
1: Also, and then in game three... He started a very important double play in the bottom of the ninth that, without that, Twins are in trouble. They're not winning that game without that double play.
0: Uh, likely the case. And does Polanco put forth the case that, hey, guys, I would like to move back to shortstop? Or do you well, think he I mean, likes, you know, does he like playing second more than short?
1: Well, I mean, we've talked about how all these players are just going to Rocco and telling them what he wants. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's how Polanco is at short today, too. But it would... It would impact next season right if they moved him back there and let's say you just have gordon play second base yep. then, then there goes your shortstop issue
0: yeah you still think they're going to sign a shortstop there's just too many good shortstops available for the twins not to pull the trigger on one
1: of them. i would think so too and hey maybe simmons comes back maybe maybe no. come come january no. we'll have all no. forgotten about this season no
0: i do not want to see simmons back on this team
1: well anyway is, is he your beast this series or, simmons uh, yeah no <laughs> no simmons. i was trying for a transition there i thought maybe you know no. maybe you'd come around
0: no um, Gordon is going to be my beast I do think that Polanco probably deserves it a bit more than Gordon but just because Gordon rarely gets any love Game 3, Dan, the Twins don't win Game 3 without Gordon here so he had two big, big hits here he had two RBIs fun to see him get in on the action and actually participate in a way that was honestly really game-changing for the Twins this time around
1: Oh, absolutely his single, because he had the he had essentially the game-winning single Correct he hit the ball hard he is fun to have out there on this team and I think he brings some speed that they don't necessarily have in other places, so I I hope he's got a spot on this team next year.
0: I think he does. At the very least, he's a utility guy now that he's shown that he can play the outfield somewhat adequately well
1: yeah and the twins seem to have a thing about making guys corner outfielders even when they they really aren't <laughs> yes um i mean who hasn't played both second base and
0: left field all the time for this team yeah yeah it's uh, most players certainly so i mean why not have polanco play a little left field yeah, too, just to see not? just to see I would, what he can do I, he'd probably be fine and rarely does the left fielder have to make a throw that matters so it worked out pretty well <laughs> Anyway, uh, who do you got on your bench?
1: I went with Jeffers because my memory is short, and his home run in Game One just doesn't hold water with me. You know, he had two strikeouts still in Game One, in Game Two he had three strikeouts, and in Game Three he came in late and struck out again. So I'm just I'm just disappointed by his lack of ability to make contact. In my mind, again, a catcher should make contact. I'm thinking of like Brian Harper from three decades ago, and that's not fair. But even Joe Mauer, like the tw- like a catcher should just be able to hit a ground ball to third. Least, I'm just, I'm just right? waiting
0: for the Jeffers to Johnny <laughs> Bench comparison. Here coming. I didn't make it. I didn't make it. You know, Jeffers reminds me a lot of Mike Piazza. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Oh, Maybe
1: someday, David. Maybe someday, but not yet.
0: <laughs> anyway, Dan, I'm going to put Albers on my bench. It's just bad. And the thing is, I know the pitchers have bad outings, but Dan, I texted you. I think it was in the first inning I texted you that I said, I mean, this is this is embarrassing the way that he's throwing the ball right now. <laughs>
1: You did And I wonder I keep coming back To your Astadio comparison Like why not just Give Astadio a start Yeah can't You know yeah. You're already I mean We've seen the twins Kind of wave the white flag Before against great pitchers Archer's good enough Right To yeah. just say yeah. You know We'll give you this one We're going to come back And get you in game
0: three yeah, we're, we're coming for you <laughs> Anyway Okay Moving forward here Dan Rocco's rewind Yeah
1: <laughs> Rocco's Rewind. I'm going to pick up where you left off, and I'll be brief. Yeah. But leaving Albers in there, <laughs> R- Rocco, come on. Get, let the guy, just, you got to have somebody else in there. You can always send somebody down again and bring up another AAA guy <laughs> for his his one start in September. So I thought that was uh, embarrassing quite a bit to leave Albers out there.
0: Again, it was comical at some point where it's just like, come on, man. I mean, they do not even trying. I mean, it, it literally looked like batting practice.
1: Anyway, what did you have?
0: Yeah, so I was a little bit confused here. In Game 3, there's two outs. Runner's on first and third. Gordon's on first. Ref Snyder is batting. And Gordon steals second. There's mm-hmm. there's two outs. Like, I guess you take away the, the short play at second if the ball's hit to the shortstop. But my goodness, I hate that call, Dan. Sending a guy? From first to second, when there's runners on first and third with two outs, what's well, the thought process? And it's it's not like you have like Cruz at the bat or like Donaldson or somebody worthwhile. You have Rob Refsnyder at the plate. It's like, do you really want to? Well, we want to make sure that if Snyder gets another chance, you know. But he's right, right. you want to bat.
1: waste that bat. I do wonder if they just figured Zunino's not going to make the throw anyway, at the risk of an overthrow, because then you get the extra run in. I, that's the that's the logic I can see in it.
0: I guess it just seems pretty risky. I guess to to lose the runner on third. I guess you're saying if if you if you're you're assuming the catcher's not going to make the throw. I could, I can understand it a little bit more, but I still think it's, it's too high a risk when you got a guy on third who can score a run that, that may have been vital, even though it didn't turn out to be.
1: It's a reasonable point. I thought it was a risky play too, but I guess it didn't matter in the end. No. Right? Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead to Minnesota moment. <laughs>
0: Minnesota moment. So I'm gonna just piggyback off what I was just saying, actually, about Gordon here in Game Three. <laughs> Gordon's single to score the winning run was very, very important. Obviously, as it scored the winning run, but I gotta think, Dan, how much better does it feel when you get a hit after the guy before you got intentionally walked?
1: That is a great point, right? Because they gotta show, oh well, we're gonna get this guy. Yes, and it was the f- I think it was the first pitch that he laced just over over the yeah. second baseman, right? I- um, which when he hit it, I thought I thought the second baseman had caught it. He how
0: high do you think? He that
1: jumped—that oh. was nuts. So good, good on him. Uh, my moment is also in Game Three, and it's after the the ninth inning is looking like it's falling apart. Yeah, you know, Colomay's out there. Um, he falls behind to Cruz. Seemingly, I was waiting for him to spike a ball mm. and then have the have the tying run score in a wild pitch. And then Cruz hits it, and for a moment there, I'm thinking. That's gone. Yeah. Or, (laughs) but then to see it land in Buxton's glove, I just thought it was going to be a different outcome, David. (laughs) I thought that was the moment where Cruz. You
0: really think that Cruz would, would do that to us, Dan? I think he would. I think he would. <laughs> this kind
1: of season, I think that's how it would have gone. Yeah. And I still would have felt good for Cruz, I guess, in that moment, but...
0: I wouldn't have. I would have been yeah, so maybe. sour doing this podcast. At least there's a little bit something to talk about here with the Twins getting one victory.
1: You're right, though. I guess I guess to try to sum it up, it, it was a, a nice moment at the end of a pretty frustrating series to be able to close it out that way, to think, have things go right for Col especially after what I said about Game 2, where Colomay had pitched in Game 2, I thought unnecessarily. To see him have to throw like 25 pitches... In game three, just was really worrisome.
0: 100% agree here. Well, let's keep pushing here. Mauers Musings, Dan. I just
1: don't know how it can get any better. Mauers Musings. How about you start here? Um, I've got a I've got a lineup question. You've got a pitching rotation question.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's going to be the majority of the Mauer's musings moving forward here, Dan, for the rest of the series is questions about the rotation for next year. And as this was Dobnik's first start back, I kind of wonder how much does he have to do with the rest of the season? Let's say he's got maybe four more starts. How much does he have to do to know when he comes into camp next year that he's going to be in the starting rotation, especially seeing as the rotation is pretty decimated right now? So I guess the question is, how much does he have to do to prevent that the Twins front office from bringing in a guy to take the spot that Dobnik would have taken?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question because I think it presumes then that really all they're hoping to get out of Dobnik, I think, is a bottom three starter capacity. Right? Yeah. Like he's he's not, they're not going to think he's going to be a one, two, maybe even not a three. Yes. Um, so I think all he's got to do probably is give him probably an average of five innings a start.
0: Gotcha. So five innings to start, but like, I'm thinking like an ERA sub six, right? Like I think that's enough. (laughs)
1: This, this bar is kind of pathetic, isn't it? Well, it is.
0: But really when you think about it, he's likely going to be in the four or five spot next season, assuming he even has a spot in the rotation. So I think if you're looking at it that way, I do think if he can show over the next five starts, you know, that he he can keep that ERA under six, you know, maybe, maybe 5.3, 5.5, somewhere in there. I think that's going to be enough, Dan, for the twins to be like, you know what? Let's give him a shot at a full season and see what he can do.
1: Yeah. It's hard to argue with that because he should be able to give them a little bit of back end stability again because it's not like they're expecting him to grow into an ace or, yes. or a or a second guy.
0: No, but they are expecting him not to have to go drive Uber again, Dan.
1: Yes, hopefully. Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) What do you have here for ours musings?
1: So I want to talk about a guy we haven't really spoken much about, and it's Jose Miranda, the third baseman for the St. Paul Saints, who kind of, you know, kind of the tail end of their season. He played 58 games for the Saints this year, and his average was 328 uh, with an OPS of 928. And I just wonder, first of all, are we going to see him? this month and how does he fit in this team as a third baseman like what do you what do you think they're going to do with him
0: you know obviously the the easy answer is to actually put him at third base and move Donaldson to DH if he's going to factor into next season but that's that's the question so assuming that he he does get the call up he does perform well and he does start the season with the team next year yeah I think that's the easy answer put him at third and move Donaldson to DH
1: so but another wrinkle is what if they traded him what if they? What if, do you think they could get? I mean, I'm no expert here. I guess I'd have to read what Gleeman or you know somebody much more important or knowledgeable about trade value would say. But do you think they could get a starter for him, or if they could get a number three starter for a guy like Jose Miranda, maybe another prospect? Do you think they'd trade him?
0: I don't think so. I, I because the thing is, right now, Dan, you have to understand that this team is not looking to push their chips into the middle for next season. They're going to mm-hmm. try and be competitive, but I do not see them parting with any prospects. Literally, I don't see them parting with any prospects this offseason. I think, especially when there's so many free agents out there, they don't want to lose any of these guys coming up in the system knowing that 2022 is likely going to be a down year.
1: Yeah, because I would love to see what Miranda can do, and I would love to see him get a chance, certainly in September here, because I, I don't know what else he got to lose. I mean, th- there must be somebody who you can send down. Does Jake Cave, perhaps? I mean, I <laughs> maybe that's why they're trying Gordon not in left field, just to make sure they could actually release Jake Cave uh, without losing that extra outfielder yeah let's go to series grades
0: series grades it's just a harder one to grade, Dan, I think, because the Twins performed so well against division-leading teams a-, a few series ago that it was easier to give them higher grades. But in this one, Game 2 was a throwaway game. I get it. Albers is on the mound. You're not expected to win that one anyway. I'm going to give them a D plus though. They got the one victory. It would have been nice had they been able to steal another game and come away with the series, just because I think, again, Twins fans right now need any real hope that they can get. And beating the Rays, who, again, who are favorites to win the World Series right now, would be a great way to do that.
1: Yeah. And I went with a C and I, I don't have a lot of different reasoning than you, other to say the Rays are really good winning one game and being close in another, given that this team doesn't really have capable starting pitching right now, um, felt pretty good to be able to hang on to that game and at least leave on a positive note.
0: Fair point. Fair point here, Dan. Let's go forward here. Puckett's picks for the upcoming Indian series. And Dan, again, we got to say Indians as much as possible because soon they will be the Guardians. And we'll see-
1: Puckets picks. Alright, so the listeners here have taken Luisa Rise. It's like they're following you. Yes, David. Um
0: they're always so one I, step behind me though, Dan. Uh,
1: so I get to pick first here. Is that you how this do. goes? Because you beat me. Two to one. What a pathetic <laughs> what a pathetic round of Puckets picks. It was bad. I guess I'm just gonna stick with Buxton because uh, I'm just gonna stick but that leaves Polanco for you. You're gonna take Polanco, aren't you? I
0: don't know what you're talking about. I might I'm take gonna- Josh Donaldson.
1: I'm going to write in Buxton. I'll take Buxton again. One of these times, he's going to pop.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to take Donaldson, actually. Ah. So I'm going to leave Polanco on the board. I just think... Donaldson has been so consistent, and I get that Polanco has been very good right now, but he tends to be up or down, and Donaldson seems to at least, at least come away with a few points each series.
1: And pulling in for that double here in Game 3, he looked okay.
0: Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess he didn't fall over. I guess he if didn't that's the fall ball over. Yeah. Okay, Dan. Well, why don't you go ahead and send us out? I
1: will. I will. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please, please tell a friend. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MinForTheWin. You can find our MinForTheWin Facebook page as well. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so that you're notified when we have new episodes available and if you could leave us a rating that would be great thank you for listening and as always go twins
0: that'll wrap up another episode of men for the win a podcast hosted by david Kufis and dan thompson two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball especially when it's done by the twins thanks so much for listening and as always go twins